Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. And while they're returning to their seats, let's say ultimately thank you to the Lord, but say thank you to all those who worked hard to play this morning. Thank you so much, all of you, for putting that together. Um, We are tremendously blessed at EBC to have so many gifted musicians that can help and uh, can really amplify our worship and praise. You know, we sang the gospel this morning. In numerous ways and at numerous times, we sang together biblical truth that will set you free. You know, Easter anymore is, seems to me to be about as busy a time of year as Christmas. And uh, we're just going, 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 and a lot of things happening. And uh, we come together for service, and so many of you have been involved in various ways in making this a reality this morning for us as we worship. We sit in our pew, and we sit down, and it's warm. And I'll try to yell loud to keep you awake. (laughs) But seriously, just give me a few moments this morning to think with me about what the Scripture says. I once heard a guy saying, I was listening to a guy preach, and he began the sermon, he said this, he said, a sermon can last a lifetime. The truth is, a sermon, God's Word, can last eternity. And what happens here this morning for somebody here could be the difference between heaven and hell. When we think about health, we take our physical health very seriously, and we should. I hope you do. I probably didn't until I kind of lost my physical health And I thank the Lord I've regained a great measure of it. Took it for granted. But we're very concerned about our physical life here. As we should be. But sometimes the unseen realities of spiritual life play far down the equation of our priorities. But my friend, all of us who are gathered here today, we will live somewhere forever. And so, if you're visiting with us today, or maybe you've been here some time, and you've been struggling with spiritual truth, your relationship with God, I would ask you that as we begin today, You just in sincere, with sincere heart, look to the Lord, and while I'm praying, you pray. And just say to the Lord, Lord, whatever you have for me this morning, I want it. If you're a believer, maybe it's a step of growth. If you're an unbeliever, You haven't been born again? Maybe it's that step. 
Lord, whatever you want from me, I want it. Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, you, in your sovereign grace, have orchestrated this group in this room in this moment. And it is an eternal moment. And so, Holy Spirit, we just come before you today as a group and as individuals. And we ask that you would do what only you can do. And that is give life where there is death. We ask you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles, I think I said this, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We sang a song as we closed our worship and song, Our Living Hope, comes from this text. And I want you to notice what Peter tells us. Before we read the verses, think with me. Peter is writing to a group of besieged, beleaguered believers who are facing at this moment in their life the prospect of grim suffering at the hands of Roman oppressors. They no doubt are afraid. They are troubled. And they live in troublesome times. And Peter writes this letter to encourage them. He begins in verse 3 by saying this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Two an inheritance that is imperishable, it is undefiled, and it is unfading. And it is reserved, it is kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this salvation you greatly rejoice, though now, now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see Him, yet you believe in Him and you rejoice with a joy that you cannot express. And it is filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I want you to notice with me some things about our living hope that are here in the text. He begins by saying the word blessed. 
Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies. Blessed. The word there speaks of, of really adoring, of worship, of praise, of adoration. It is exactly the sentiment that we as Christians feel when we come to God in prayer and we reflect on the truth of the gospel and we say, you are the blessed one. You have blessed me. And then he says, notice this, he says, God caused something to happen. What did God cause to happen? Notice with me in the text. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He caused what? He caused us to be born again. We're going to talk about that this morning. A lot of us here in this room understand what that means. A lot of us in this room have experienced that personally. Some of you haven't. And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, what does it mean to be born again? That kind of sounds scary. That kind of sounds weird. That kind of sounds mystic. What is this thing to be born again? We'll talk about it. But I want you to notice here, you don't cause yourself to be born or born again. If you're here this morning physically, you had nothing to do with getting here. Did you? Mom and dad did. You didn't cause anything. If you're here and you were born again, you are born again not because of you. You are born again because who caused it? God. Notice this. He caused this because of what? What caused him to reach into your life and to give you the new birth? Was it because you were good looking? Because you had a lot of money? Because you lived in America? Because you drove a Lexus? Or maybe because you were not so rich and you drove an old Toyota? Was there anything with that? No, it was what? His great mercy. It was God's mercy, his compassion, looking at us in our broken condition that caused him to intervene to save us. It was mercy. And then notice this, we'll see this as well. He caused us to be born again to what? A hope that lives. A living hope. And then we see there, this is because or by what? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We come together today on Easter and we talk about the resurrection. This historical reality. This is not a myth. This is not a fairy tale. This is a historical reality. Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was buried. He was in the ground for three days. And he came forth alive. And it is because of his resurrection that we are born again. That becomes the foundation of it. As Matt quoted earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, or maybe it was Dave said this, if Jesus Christ is not risen, we are of all men most miserable, and we are yet in our sins. 
That is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. And then, it, notice this, this seals the deal. All of this so that we would come to what? An inheritance. And that inheritance isn't taxed by the federal government. <laughs> and they can't take it away. It is undefiled, it is imperishable, and it is reserved in heaven. Now, let's think about hope. As a Christian, if you're a Christian, the Christian has a hope that the world cannot experience. If you're living in Ukraine today and your house gets bombed and you lose all your earthly possessions, your city is devastated like Mariupol. If you don't know Christ, you look at that and it's like hopeless. But if you have Christ, if you lose everything, they cannot take Christ. What did Jesus say? Do not fear the one. Do not fear the one who can touch your physical body and can steal your life. Don't worry about him. Fear God who can cast you in hell. The Christian, and you see this in the Ukraine, on YouTubes and other things coming out of Ukraine of believers who in the midst of unbelievable suffering and unbelievable carnage have hope because they understand that hope is not about here and now. It's ultimately about eternity. The Christian has a hope the world cannot experience. Here's another truth. Since today, since in our world, man Mankind in general has thrown off all hope in God. You can't live without some kind of hope. So what do men have to put their hope in today? Themselves. I mean, we live in a messed up world, don't we? I mean, I don't like to turn on the radio anymore and listen to what's going on in the world anymore because it's just a mess. On every hand, it's troublesome times. And if you don't believe in God and you don't hope in God, then the only one that can fix the problems in the world is man himself. And we see that on every hand, that men are trying to fix the problems. That doesn't mean that as people we don't try to fix things, but as a Christian we're trying to fix things under God and for his glory. But mankind in general... It's just, we got to figure out how to fix this mess of climate change, or we got to fix this mess of war and starvation. Fuel prices. we got to fix it. Interestingly, mankind's latest attempt to fix it is this thing called transhumanism. Have you heard of transhumanism? Have you read much about it? Amazing. 
literally man's attempt to fix the world. Think about some of the things that are true in transhumanism. Transhumanism, this is the kind of specific dictionary definition of what it is. Transhumanism is a techno-progressive, socio-political, intellectual movement that advocates for the use of technology in order to transform the human organism radically with the ultimate goal of becoming post-human. I know what post-toasties are. What are post-humans? You know what post-humans are? They are things or beings who have taken the next step in evolutionary progression we are no longer human, we are now post-human. And man is trying to fix this by his own technology. And to move us down this ladder of evolutionary progress. And so it is the belief that we can and should eradicate aging as a cause of death that we can and should use technology to augment our bodies and our minds, that we can and should merge with machines, remaking ourselves finally, this is an interesting thought, in the image of our own higher ideals. That we're going to evolve. Our hope our hope in the world today is that social, intellectual elitists are going to be able to help us become better and take the next step in the evolutionary progression to become post-human. It's a dead hope. It's not a living hope, it's a dead hope. In Forbes magazine, Forbes magazine had this thing on, this is, this is interesting, Seven ways the world will change by, this isn't 2050, when a lot of you will be dead, it's what? 2030. I'll probably be dead by 2052, so no, no pun and joke intended. 2030. What's going to happen by 2030? You want to see some of the things that's going to happen? Our bodies will be augmented. What does this look like? Body augmentation. Let me give you a few things that Forbes tells us will be true by 2030. If you have contact lenses, you'll be wearing contact lenses that have cameras in them. And you will be able to use your contact lenses to take still or video of the world. We will have universal language translating earbuds in our ears. Subdermal RFID chips that perform specific functions will be routine. If you want to have a baby, embryos will be selected based on intelligence, beauty, or athletic ability. Those things will be known. Humans will be more optimized and continually monitored. Your thinking will be transferable. These things called BMIs, implantable 
brain-machine interfaces will allow you to communicate with each other at the speed of thought instead of the speed of speech. Man, that'd be a nice way to have church, wouldn't it? Get it over real quick. All you got to do is think what I'm thinking. Behavioral science. Behavioral science will increase human production. So social engineers will be steering behavior through manipulative algorithms. We see that a little bit today. How about this? We will be more empathetic. If you want to know what somebody's going through in Ukraine, you can go there in virtually real virtual reality and you can be a refugee for an afternoon. Extreme personalization. Smart devices will personalize every imaginable environment in your life. Business practices. Now, if you're in business, you may like this idea. You will have neurostimulators that have been placed in your brain that will help improve human productivity. That would be okay. I could push a button, wake you all up. Neurostimulators. Societal values. This is an interesting one. Increased, Forbes tells us by 2030, there will be an increase in the conversation about societal values. And there will be increased leverage and pressure to conform to the values that are set from the top down. That's Forbes magazine. There are three overarching goals or visions of transhumanism. First one is morphological freedom, which just basically means this. Your body just belongs to you, and you can decide how you want to change it. We see a little bit of that today with the trans movement, don't we? It's part of this. Your body belongs to you. You can change it and augment it any way that you think is good for you. This will lead to profound changes. Just think about athletics, for instance. If people can enhance their physical capabilities, what does that do to sports? Augmented reality. Here's the second one. Augmented reality. Here we're talking about the interface between the biological and the mechanical. And then this is the one I want us to think about with transhumanism. This is the third overarching vision of where they want to go is mind uploading. And this is how you will escape death. This is how you will escape death. We will escape death in their vision by having our personality and our brain uploaded to the cloud. Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable putting your hope in man's ability to shape the future. Are you comfortable with that? Probably not if you live in Wyoming, because we're kind of individualistic. Man's track record 
on being able to harness technological advances and then to use them in morally responsible ways is not very good. There's this sticky little problem that the Bible calls the sin nature. In these verses, we see we have a living hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, who caused us to be born again to a living hope. I want us to think about this living hope for just a minute. It is due, as we saw in the text, it is because of Christ's resurrection. I have hope. My hope is not built on how man can manipulate our environment. My hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the living hope. Its first cause is God's mercy in creating in us the new birth. Until or unless you are born again, Jesus Christ will not be your hope. Maybe medicine will be. You get cancer. You get a poor diagnosis. Is your hope the doctors? Medical world? Oh, you're going to go to a doctor for sure. And I will too. But he's not my hope. My Savior is. He is my living hope. Now I want you to think about this. We do not overcome death by avoiding it. We overcome death by going through it. If you're a young person, death seems a long way away. But death takes 100% of those who are born here. You can't avoid it. They may try to upload your brain, and they may get some facts on the internet, but they can't get your soul there. They can't get your soul. To be absent from the body is to be present somewhere, and it's not in the cloud. It's either in heaven or in hell. And you cannot avoid death. The only way that you can overcome death is by going through it. Now what do I mean by that? Some people die and they stay in death's grip. Death holds them. Some people die and they walk through it with their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and they go to glory. That is why Jesus said in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. And he that lives and believes in me will never die. 
And David said to us in the 23rd Psalm about our great shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. What does he do? He takes me through the valley of the shadow of death. And because he takes me through it, I fear no evil. Why? Because he is my living hope. He takes me through. Hope is not a way out. It is a way through. And the way through is Jesus Christ. The means of the new birth. Okay, so here's where we go. Unless you are born again, unless you experience the new birth, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. That was Jesus' words to Nicodemus, right? Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the new heaven. He cannot experience the kingdom of God. What is the means of the new birth? I want you to look a, bit, a little bit further in 1 Peter chapter 1, and I want you to go down to verse 23. Look in chapter 1, and I want you to go to verse 23. Stay with me for just a few minutes. We're almost done. He says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass. All of its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this, is the word, this word is the good news that was preached to you. It is the living word. So we have a living hope, but we also have a living word. It's the word of God. And it is the means of our new birth. And so think with me about man's seed and God's seed. Man's seed, it says, is perishable. Man's seed is like the grass. Man's seed withers. Man's seed falls. But God's seed, His Word, is imperishable. Number two, it is living. It is alive. It is active. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says the Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It lives, it abides, and it remains forever. And this is the means of the new birth. Faith comes by hearing. Not just hearing anything. Hearing what? Word of God. The means of the new birth is the Word of God. My question is, have you been born again? Have you been born again? What does that mean? Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Well, then I better be born again. So I better just make myself get born again. How do you get born again? What is this? I'll tell you how you get born again. It's by being in the word of God. You're in a good place. You're hearing it. And you're thinking about a message. It is the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. That Jesus died for your sin. He died for my sin. If you're sitting out there and you're sucking wind and you are honest with yourself, you know you're a sinner. You know it. I am. And he died for my sin. He was buried and went into the grave. And on the third day, the grave could not hold him. He came forth triumphant. That's the message. It is on that foundation that we are born 
anew, that we are born spiritually, that we are born again. Now, you cannot create the new birth. You cannot. I can't. I would love to go to you and say, you are born again, but I can't. The only one that can do it is God. He causes it. You cannot create yourself to be born again, but you know what you can do? If you're sucking wind, you know what you can do? You can go to God in humble, childlike faith, and in Jesus' name, you can say to him, I want to be born again. And if you will, if you will do that, then this is his promise. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will not perish. They will be saved. You cannot save yourself. I can't save myself. But I can go to him in simple faith and say, God, I need you to save me. And this is his promise. You see that? It's a promise. And so my question is, what is it that is keeping you from asking? What is it? What to you is more important than having a living hope and knowing where you will spend eternity? What is more important than that? I mean, put your finger on it. If you're sitting out there and you're wrestling with this in your mind, I, in no way am I slighting you because it's a war in our soul. It's a spiritual battle. But I'm just asking you, put your finger on that thing that stands between you and God. And then just ask yourself, is it worth going to hell for that thing? Is it worth it? You can ask. I'm in the middle of calving, and I'll close. We're in the middle of calving. We got calves coming. Oh, you know, we quit calving in February so we'd have nice weather. <laughs> February was nicer than April. So we're calving in the mud, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a cow go down a week and a half ago. Old cow. I should have sold her last fall. No business keeping her, but when she went through the, through the pregnant shoot, my vet, Harv, told me she was bred, and I figured I'll get another calf out of her. She did well all winter, and she went down. Couldn't get up the other day. She had the look of death in her eyes. I knew she was going to die. In my mind, okay, I'm going to lose the cow. I'm hoping to get a calf out of her, but I don't know what's going on inside her tummy because I can't see it. I'm hoping that that calf is ready to be born, but I don't know. So Ty was there, Thaddeus was there, Nathan and Becky, and okay. We did an emergency C-section out on the range as the cow's life is ending. I took my knife and I slid her open, reached in under her rumen and found her womb 
I took my knife and opened it and reached in and grabbed a foot. And the calf pulled his foot back. He's alive. Got both feet. Out we came. Got a beautiful 100-pound black Angus bull calf in my barn. That's alive today. I call him Lazarus. <laughs> Here's the truth. Lazarus was hoping to live. But he was trapped in death. Lazarus had no way out. Mom's dying. She could not give birth to him. The only way for Lazarus to come into this world and to have a shot was for me to cause it. It really wasn't pretty. It was bloody. And someone died so Lazarus could live. And I caused it. It wasn't because of mercy, although part of it was mercy and compassion. Part of it was just I wanted a calf. But look, if you were born into this life, you are trapped in death. The only way that you can live forever is for God to have sundered his own life to have died in your place, and then for God's Holy Spirit to reach into the darkness and into death and to pull you out of it and to give you life. That's the only way. God has a gift for you. It's eternal life. You cannot enjoy it unless you ask. We're going to sing as we close. I'm not going to give an altar call. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand and wave at me. You know what? I'm trusting that God is big enough to save you by you simply, while we're singing, doing business with him. By you just simply saying to him, God, I need you in my life. I am in death. Would you save me? You know what? If you do that, I'd love for you to come and tell me. I'd love for you to tell somebody else in this room. I think that really helps you grow. But nobody else in this room can intervene in your life and save you. The only one that can do it is God. So you better talk to him. Let's close. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you loved each of us enough that you would die for our sin. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's not a person in this room who has done something that you cannot forgive. And Lord Jesus, in your powerful name, I pray that your Holy Spirit would penetrate the heart of some person today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Would you stand as we sing our closing song together?
bow with me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, what an amazing joy, what an amazing thought. Lord, you rose from the dead. You gave up your life so that we could live. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for something that we can't earn, we can't buy. It's simply a gift. And we receive it. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have found only in you. And now, Lord, as our passage declared to us, for those who believe in you, we greatly rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you. And we rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.